looking at the Beatitudes, as we started last uh, Sunday night, an uh, introduction of the uh, Beatitudes, and we talked about the um, Ten Commandments are tough, Old Testament. And then Jesus brought to us the uh, Beatitudes, which are tougher if we live by them, if we go by them. And I, for one, I lack, I'm lacking, all right? And I need this, and I, I just pray that uh, God will speak to me through the Beatitudes, that um, I can be a better of anything that I attempt to do. Um, chapter 5, 6, and 7 uh, is Jesus speaking, and we will, I don't know how long it'll take, and of course we're in no hurry. Um, I was told one time, what is your hurry? Uh, God's not in a hurry. Um, so we'll, we'll probably be looking at chapter 5, 6, and 7 before we uh, finish this study. But anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 3 uh, tonight. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You may be seated. We'll take these things one at a time. Um, I probably got more information than I will be able to share, but um, as again, um, we're not going to be in a hurry. Uh, the key to uh, experiencing the blessedness that Jesus talks about here uh, in the Beatitudes uh, is in following the New Testament and living for Jesus. Now, we don't forget the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the law. And then Jesus come and he said, I didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. I come to fulfill it, all the prophecies that had been told in the Old Testament, all the way up to now, I've come that you might have life, he said, and might have it more abundantly. <clears throat> and if we're going to have it more abundantly, then we as God's children, we're going to have to live out, not only the Ten Commandments, but we're going to have to live out the Beatitudes uh, for the glory of God, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, his emphasis here was, was for, on eternal things, not external, not those things that you and I can see, but those things that we uh, cannot see. Uh, he didn't tell people how to live. He simply told people the kinds of attitude that they need to have if, if they're going to live the Christian life. And I, for one, hey, I have the wrong attitude sometime, and that's not according to uh, the Beatitudes. Uh, the Beatitudes, to me, should be, and I hope will be, in my life at least, an attitude adjustment, all right? Uh, I've been going to uh, a doctor about my knees, and they are stretching them, and they are adjusting them, and they are adjusting my back, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm feeling much better, and I'm just probably about halfway through uh, the treatment. So, But I want the Beatitudes to work me over. I mean, I, I don't know that I have ever literally really just got down to studying actually what the Beatitudes mean for the Christian, listen, every principle found in the Sermon on the Mount is found somewhere else in the New Testament. Now, uh, we think about the Lord Jesus' message um, is not just to super saints who are already living in the kingdom, but it's for the now. It's for us right here and right now. 
And he's calling us to apply these, uh, these standards against our personal life. What do people, what's people's opinion about us? Well, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to live out the Ten Commandments and I'm going to do my best to live out the Beatitudes and the, through the Sermon on the Mount, um, it's not going to matter to me what they think of me if I'm a doing that, okay? Because their opinion doesn't affect my relationship with the Lord, right? Hello? Are you there? Give me a, a shake a head, Baptist Church, or something. Um, he said, this is how I want you to live. And so he begins um, by saying, blessed are you, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs, he said, is the kingdom of God. And when we look at that, there are, there are um, five questions that we've got to answer. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. If so, how? How can we be poor in the spirit? So I wanted to share these with you. Uh, first question is, why did Christ begin with being poor in the spirit? Why did he begin with this one? First of all, because of a humble attitude. And again, there, there's our attitude, of, uh, a humble, humble attitude um, in the in the Beatitudes here, Christ was was talking about a new standard of living, and so he started with his disciples. He saw the multitude, but he went up into a mountain, and when he had had when he was seated, the disciples came unto him, and he began to share with them, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God." Now, being poor in the spirit is fun is a fundamental characteristic. Of a Christian. It is the basic characteristic of a Christian. It's not having a poor concept of ourselves, okay? So forget that. That's not what the poor in the spirit is about. A humble attitude is the first thing that must happen to a person when they enter the family of God, okay? Uh, let's just say here you got a mama and a daddy and they have a child, okay? They've never seen the child. So the child's born and then they see the child. They give the child a name. And the child is, is raised up in that atmosphere of that particular home. And I understand the first few years is the basic main part of that child's life as to how it's going to turn out. And what would it be like if us as parents started out with our youngins by teaching them and helping them and being the example of the Beatitudes. You can't be filled until you realize you're empty. And you cannot be worthwhile until you realize I am worthless. I am bankrupt when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, why did he give us this one first? Not only because of a humble attitude, but secondly because of an honest assessment. I am the only one in this room Physically being able to see that can judge me, okay? I know where I am with the Lord. And I'm not always happy where I am with the Lord. My attitude is not always right. And so therefore, I'm not happy with myself. 
And when I'm not happy with me, then a lot of times I know I must be careful and not to let it rub off on somebody else because of my attitude toward what I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be to- doing here. Um, honest assessment. You've got to ask yourself, hey, Lord, what kind of adjustment do you want to make in my life? Now, to ask that question is dangerous, okay? Because if we're going to live out for Jesus, what kind of attitude adjustment do you want me to have, Lord? And then when he speaks and shows us in the scripture what kind of an attitude and, and an honest assessment of ourselves, then we need to move forward. We don't need a second opinion. I don't have to explain to you why I'm changing, okay? But hopefully people will see uh, a results. You see, happiness is for the humble. Happiness is for the submissive crowd, for those who have submitted uh, to the Lord. And until we see our poverty, we're not going to see our riches. Because again, you know, we, we are, uh, we got to see ourselves as bankrupt. The only way to meet God's standards is to take on His righteousness. Because I can't, I, I'm, I'm not always righteous. I'm not, I can't keep myself righteous. So I have to depend on His righteousness that He wants to pour out and put on me and then live it out with a positive kind of attitude. So the second question is this. What does it mean to be poor in the spirit? Not only why did he do it first, but what does it mean? It means to be on the begging end. On the begging end. A beggar. What does a beggar have? Well, most of the time, literally, nothing. So what do they do? They're classified uh, as a beggar. You see, riches can trip a person up. Riches can trip a person up. The Bible says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And reading about that um, eye of a needle. Now, I was told this one time, but I've also discovered that that's not true. That the walls around certain cities had openings in them that was called the eye of the needle. And that if a camel got down on his knees and hunkered way down, he could get through. But it wasn't easy. So I've discovered in, in reading some historian stuff that this was not necessarily true. But instead of a camel, it said it's easier to put a rope through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now today, without these, I pick up the needle and I get to thread this as fine as I can and I'm a, I'm a looking and you know what I see? Two holes. So I'll shoot for one and realize that ain't it. You know, so I'm at the age, it's not easy for me to thread a needle. But he was using that to let us know, hey, riches can trip up a person. It's, he didn't say it's, it's not good. He didn't say it's bad to have money. But what is the, what is the, the word there? What, is, uh, what does it say? The love of, okay. Now, I've heard people say, oh, money's the root of all evil. Every bit of it root, is root of all. No, it isn't. It's the love of it. It's the control, where it controls that attitude like, I don't care what happens. I got money. I buy my way out. Hey, 
money will cause, riches will cause a person uh, to be tripped up in their relationship with the Lord and cause their attitude to be such that a lot of people just don't want to be around them. I don't care if they do have money. So, a rich person is likely to trust in his riches because he's got plenty, okay? Where a rich man, I mean a poor man, has nothing. They're depending on somebody else. A poor man in those days was classified as a crippled, a blind, and a deaf. That was classified, that was the, uh, the poor. So when we think about that, listen to it. A lost person is naturally crippled, okay? Does not know how to walk with the Lord. Um, a blind person, hey, does not see what God wants them to see. And I'm talking spiritually blind, okay? He does not see what God wants you to see. A deaf person that cannot hear, cannot hear what God is saying. And the devil, listen, the devil can rob us of our crippleness, our blindness, and our deafness. He can rob us of that. Now, I'm not talking about literally this, but he can rob us of that because he, the devil, you see, wants us to be crippled. He don't want us to walk the way the Lord wants us to walk. He wants us to be blind, that we do not see the spiritual things that God wants to see in this life. And he wants us to be deaf so we cannot hear the Spirit of God when he speaks to us. Okay, and we must, listen, we must admit, hey, we're weak. When I am weak, the Bible says when I am weak, then I am made what? Strong. Now, if I'm strong, then I have to be made weak before I realize what God has done for me or what he can do and will do for me. So thirdly, thirdly here is what is the result of being poor in the spirit? If my attitude's right, I've confessed my sins, I'm humble, I want to obey the Lord, I don't want to be crippled and blind and deaf, I want to be walking and talking and hearing what God wants me to hear. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is the kingdom of heaven, belongs to those who are poor in spirit. Okay, now that doesn't take away from our salvation. I believe in once saved, always saved, if you ever were saved. You see, God is ever faithful uh, to us and can make us glad that we are his children. He can make us glad, and we will be glad that we are a child of God. Now, let me give you a fourth question. How do we become poor in the Spirit? How do we become, if we, if, uh, what, what the Word says... Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, how are we going to get there if we maybe realize we're not there? First of all, by concentrating on God. I don't imagine that there is a day that goes by that I don't think about God. Not a day. May not be an hour that I don't think about God. Why, do, why am I thinking about Him? Well, I'm looking forward to meeting Him personally. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has created up above. Um, so I believe that we take God for granted a lot of times. 
The morning that I had my wreck that I should have been killed, I was in a hurry. I did not pray that morning and I did not read God's word. God was a furthest thing from my mind. And when I ran off of the road and I hit a tree and everything come to stop and tore up and hurt and crawled out of there crying. I left God out that morning. He will do whatever it takes to get our attention. Whatever it takes. I don't want to take him for granted. We need to read his word. John said, I've got to decrease so he can increase. When he said, hey, you're going to come the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sins of the world. And when we think about that, not only by concentrating on God uh, can we become poor in the spirit, but secondly there, by starving the flesh. Okay, now don't misunderstand. The flesh feels and feeds on pride. Oh, you're doing such a magnificent job. I've never seen anybody do it like you do it. You're the greatest I've ever seen. I mean, it's bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead of saying, hey, it's not me, it's what God's doing through me. Give him the glory and give him the credit. Allow him to receive all the glory. I mean, can you imagine John out there baptizing, everything going well, crowds is coming, and all of a sudden here walks Jesus up, and he's like, hey, may I introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I told you he was coming, and here he is. And then to have Jesus walk right out in the water and say, John, I want you to baptize me. And you imagine. And then he did. And when he came up out of that water, the Bible said that the Spirit of God settled in on him in the form of a dove. And what did God say? Come on, speak up. It's okay. That's right. This is my beloved son in whom I am well Please. Okay, you're doing a great job. Well, praise God for it. I'm just here as an instrument, and I want him to use me because, hey, without him, I am nothing. And I know that. I know that for a fact that it's not me. It's what the Lord is doing. So if you want to become poor in the spirit, concentrate on God. Starve the flesh. Depend on God because we can't gain comfort in any other way. A third thing there. Uh, if you want to be poor in the spirit, is by praying to God. I mean, who else do we need to talk to? Who else do we need to pray to? If you want to be poor in the spirit, ask for help. Ask for help. You see, a beggar is always asking for help. Always. They have nothing, and they want something, and so all they know to do is ask. You remember what the tax collector said? Be merciful to me, a sinner. Hey, I may have money, but I'm spiritually broke. I am spiritually undone. I am bankrupt when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, leads us to number five. How can I know if I am poor in the spirit? How can I know? Well, this is a reality check, okay? There's several things I want to make mention of how we can know if we're poor in the spirit. And by, if we can know these things, then these are the things we can work on to become what God wants us to be. So first of all, 
we will be winged away from ourselves. You know, we think a lot of us. We think a lot of us. If we're going to be winged from ourselves, and if we do, we will have joy in our soul. How you spell joy? You spell it like this. Jesus, others, and you. I'm last. I should be last. Jesus should be first. The Bible is very plain um, on Jesus being first. So we need to wean ourselves away from ourselves instead of having attention call to ourselves. Secondly, we will become lost in Jesus. Now Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. He will become automatic nature. I mean, Lynn and I, we're, we're in such a habit um, since she retired. Uh, we get up basically at the same time. And the first thing that we do is we have our little spots that we set every morning. And we read God's word and we pray for y'all and all the missionaries and all of the things that's on our prayer list. So how long does that take? Don't know. Don't keep up with it. God's not in a hurry. Sometimes we get in a hurry. But God's not in a hurry. Talking to him is important. Become lost in him. And I feel, I feel undone and I feel without if I don't have my devotional first thing in the morning. Get the day started right. I've told you this before. If you want to you be right with God, listen, give him the first part of every day. First part of every day. Give it to him. Because if we don't, hey, now, I don't know. I may have had this wreck or I may not have had this wreck. Had I had done devotional that morning and prayed and had God on my mind, I may not have had this wreck. But the wreck was part of the divine order that was coming down the pipe that I knew a little about, but not all about. All right, when I think about that, <clears throat> we need to wean ourselves from ourselves, be lost in Christ. Thirdly, we'll never complain about our circumstances. You know who I think is the best example of this is Paul, shipwrecked, don't hear no complaint, beaten, don't hear no complaint, in prison, don't hear no complaint. I mean, it's on and on. His life goes on and on and on talking about, uh, you know, hey, he just praised the Lord no matter where he was. So uh, we'll never complain about our circumstances. Um, fourthly here, we'll see good in others and not criticize. That's tough. Oh, I'm just as good as they are. In fact, Lord, I think I'm a little better than they are. Why do we criticize? I don't know. I'm guilty. Criticize others. Listen, God's going to take care of that matter, whatever that matter is. We don't need to get involved in it unless that person, look, I've got a problem. And I need to talk to you about it, okay? Then we get in there with them. Um, another thing, we'll see good in others. When we see good in others, we will look up to others. 
I can't do everything, okay? I don't want to do everything. I have known pastors who want to open up the building. They want to cut the lights on. They want to control the heat and the air. They want to watch about the money. They want to watch about the literature. They want to watch about everything going on except what they need to be looking at. I thank God for all of you who do all those things that I don't have to do. I mean, hey, if somebody called me and said, look, you're in charge of the sound system. Not everybody's going to be gone. Well, forget it. I mean, if you've ever been inside of a big uh, commercial jet airplane, that's about what that looks like. And that's what about look, that looks like. I, I mean, the best thing to do is leave it alone. Never complain about the circumstances. Look for good in others. And then spend time in prayer. You know, we need to get our orders. You know, many, many days I'll ask Lynn, I said, what, what would you, you got anything you want me to do today? Or what can I do to help you? You know, hey, ask. We ask God, Lord, what, what's up for today? How do you want me to prepare for today? And honestly, he, he will show or, or show me something that I need to do. And I'm thinking, well, I'll pick that up later. I'm just messed up. I'll pick it up later. Well, I just messed up. When he speaks, hey. It's not something that, oop, it just occurred to God. I need to tell Kenny what to do. No, he knows everything. And we need to be so close to him uh, that we spend time in prayer and spend time begging God for grace to get through this day. Because you don't know and I don't know what a day is going to bring. Only God knows. Another thing, if you, if you want to know if you're poor in the spirit, we'll take Christ on his terms. And not ours. You see, his terms are not easy. But he said they're not burdensome. And he said, I'll be there with you. I will help you. I will guide you. The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by God. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. Last of all, if you, if you want to be poor in the spirit... We'll praise and thank God for all the blessings that he gives us every day. Paul said rejoice. And right behind that he said, and again I tell you, you need to rejoice in the Lord. It makes no difference what comes. You know, hey, if I'm diagnosed tomorrow with the worst disease ever been heard of or the worst disease never been heard of. Hey, this, this thing belongs to him, and it's his business what he does with it. But it's my business to see to it that I am connected and keyed in and tuned in with him and what he wants, or else I'm asking for trouble. I'm asking to be cast overboard like Jonah was. Now, you think Jonah, when he was, listen, I don't know how high up in the air he, he, they threw him. That's got nothing to do with it. But can you imagine from the time he was released from their hands till he hit the water? wonder what he thought about. <laughs> this is it. This is it. But it wasn't it. You know, I think of Jonah and I think of John dying on the Isle of Patmos. When Jonah hit the water, here come a submarine. <laughs> he slipped him right up and took care of him. For how many days? Three. John was left on the Isle of Patmos to die. But Jesus said, hey, I, I'm not done with you yet. 
They thought you were going to die, but I want you to write this stuff down, and I want you to have it where people can see it. We still have it today, that we can trust God with it. So to enter God's kingdom, we've got to realize that we are spiritually bankrupt. I don't have anything to bring to the table, nothing. It's all what he has given me to bring to the table. We need to become beggars. Beggars have nothing. In order to be filled, again, we need to realize we're empty. In order to be worthwhile, we need to realize we are worthless. And I ask myself this question. You may want to ask yourself, how am I doing? You know, we ask a lot of people that during the day. Or if we had not seen each other in a while, that's one of the questions we'll say. How you doing? See, me and the Beatitudes are having a time, let me tell you. I mean, I'm working on it. I want to be all that Jesus said he wants me to be. Not what I want to be. You know, I, I, I could probably be anything I want to be, but without him, period, I'm nothing. And I'm useless to the kingdom of God. And I don't want to be. I want to be useful and I want to be poor in spirit. I want to have a humble attitude and not criticize, but help people, whatever the situation might be. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the time uh, together and be around your holy word. Um, Father, I, I just thank you and praise you for the Beatitudes. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd speak to me. I pray that you'd speak to our people. I pray that that you would work on us and may we be willing for you to adjust us that we be fit children of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.